Welcome. This is Karen Motokaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. All right, before we get started on today's show, I'm circling back to an important announcement I made last week. And just in case you missed it, we have a new event that's coming up, and I'm really, really excited. One of the things that I know is so many of us are feeling a desire to connect with others, to be in spaces with each other and have enriching connections and conversations. And I want to make it easy for you to do this. So I'm putting together dinner parties and you ask where, well, this is where it's up to you. We have a form. So if you go in the show notes Make sure you go and submit it and put in your request. And then we're going to take a look at where to go throughout the U.S., Canada. There's really not a place that I won't go so that we can go and have a dinner party and connect. So we're going to make it really easy for you. Once we get it established, myself and my team will take care of the rest. All you'll have to do is sign up and show up for this dinner party. And yes, it's actually not all you're going to have to do because I'm sure there's going to be some vulnerability. You're going to not want to do it. You're going to want to do it, but then be afraid and then tell yourself that who are you to think that you have something to offer or what if you're not good enough, all of that. But I'm really thrilled about this. So make sure you pause the podcast right now if you can, not if you're driving, but pause it, go into the show notes and click and then give us your answers. Let us know what town or city you want me to host the party in. If you have recommendations on restaurants, event spaces, caterers, like let us know, and then we'll work on putting together these. My goal is to do this over the next year. And we're going to go to several different locations because I want to connect with you. If you can't come here, like I do in-person retreats in Davis, I'm going to be doing some other retreats out of town. But if you can't come to me, maybe I can come to you. So I'm really excited to gather our How She Really Does It community in person this next year make sure you go to the link. Also, if you're an email subscriber, we've been sending that out as well. So this is a reminder. I know we often say, oh, this is something I need to do. and We forget. So here's a reminder. If you've already heard about it, we're reminding you once again. Okay. Second announcement is I have a shout out to Allie from Alabama. Allie is one of the longest listeners of how she really does it that I know of. She started sending letters and cards of appreciation back in the early days. And this, I'm going to say pre 2010, right? This show has been going on since 2006 and Allie from Alabama would send letters and talking about how the show really impacted her and what she appreciated. it. And then at one point I had the privilege of her being in one of my coaching groups where I got to work directly with her. And then just recently I got another card this year from her And she talks about, even though we haven't worked together in a number of years again, how the shows continue to help her and support her, even though we don't work together on an in-person basis. And I share this with you because, you know, yes, I work with people privately. I work with people in groups. I do workshops. I facilitate. I go to companies. I go to places. I'm going to be doing these dinner parties, which will be a coaching event dinner party, right? But some of you I may not get to work with. And one of the things that I know 
and it's because I've talked to so many listeners over the last 16, 17 years, is this show has been able to help thousands upon thousands of people's lives, right? And so because it's free for you, do not discount it that it's not valuable. You can listen and this can be the windows of possibility to give you insight to help solve an issue that may be going on with you as I talk about something. So as you listen to the show, use the show as the windows of possibility of what ideas can you take from this to then integrate in your life? And yes, it is more difficult to integrate on ourselves by ourselves without having the space and the dedication, but it is something that we can do and think about in the small ways. And what are the small changes that you can make to get to that big goal that you want? That's really how it happens. And actually, it's a great segue into going into achieving your dreams. So one of the reasons I got into coaching to be a coach over 30 years ago was because I wanted to help others achieve their dreams because I knew how hard I made it in my own life. In fact, I'm really good at making it much harder than it needs to be, right? There's that perfectionism that's deeply ingrained that I've worked on overcoming and unlearning. There's that beating myself up because that, especially as women were taught to do, it's make it our fault, beat ourselves up, and then thinking that we're going to ignite and get better at it, right? But I got into coaching over 30 years ago because I realized as an athlete, I made it so much harder than it needed to be. And I wanted to help others. And so my first venue into coaching was into coaching swimming and coaching youth on how to achieve their dreams. And it was fun. And we had a great time and we were, and I was able to create this great successful group program. And we did really cool stuff together. And it's fun now because they're adults and I have good relationships with them and seeing who they've become as adults. And then I've been able to take that skill set into working with the clients that I work with and being able to see their own, you know, transformation. And I don't take it lightly when I see transformation. I used to really not like that word because we would often think of transformation as what would happen something quickly. And if it didn't happen, we would sit in disbelief that it wasn't possible for us, right? We wanted that Cinderella fairy godmother moment of, Ooh, I just transformed. And really what transformation looks like is you keep going along, you keep going along, you're working, you're working, you're working. And one day you pick up your head and you realize, holy moly, I'm really living my dreams, right? I'm really living what it was that I wanted. And here's the thing. A lot of my clients, they're such high achievers, high performers that they often forget that they're living the life that they really, really wanted. But then they're so focused on the next goal that they don't celebrate this initial goal. So one of the things that I do each week with my clients is we work on, first off, identifying the vision that they have for their life, right? What do they want professionally? What do they want personally? And that sounds like, oh, great, easy answer. That's hard to figure out like, what's the vision? Because again, we are so indoctrinated with, we have to get the right answer. We can't make mistakes. And the reason I say vision is that it's kind of a vision. It's not this six-step plan. We kind of know where we want to go. And maybe it's that you want to do work that's meaningful for you. Maybe you want to have a loving relationship. Maybe you want to have a family, right? Those of us with families, like we can't control the people that are in our lives. They all have their own brains, right? So at some point we lose a bit of influence 
with them. You know, I've talked about that before. We might want to have the script of how everybody's supposed to be, but just like we don't want to follow a script that others have for us, others aren't going to follow our script. So that's why the vision, what is the vision? And that takes some work to do. And my clients and I, we circle back to it. We evaluate that and they get more clarity of what it is that they want. After creating the vision, there's also unpacking the obstacles and the shit shows. (laughs) This is what happens. Like when we create this vision, we have this magical thinking of I'm creating this vision. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be so great once I get there and I'm going to live this promised land life. (laughs) And then we hit that first obstacle and we're like, oh, see, it's really not possible for me. Of course, this is happening because, you know, only bad things happen to me. Or, you know, my favorite is I'm a loser from loser street right? But really, there are going to be obstacles. There are going to be shit shows along the way as you're working towards your dreams. And then the other aspect that I've spent a lot of time on the last few weeks with clients is recognizing when they achieve their dreams. And here's the most important thing, celebrating their dream when their dream has become their reality. So often they'll tell me like their win and then move forward to the problem. And I'm always like, wait, time out, time out. This is what you wanted. Like, let's celebrate that. And when I'm saying celebrate that, we often think like, oh, we need to have a big old party and we need to do something extravagant or we need to spend a lot of money. No, I'm saying sit with it. Let it get inside of you. Let it get in your bones and go, wow. I really achieved this. Let yourself internalize it. Let yourself recognize like, wow, I am a person that is living the dream, living the vision I had for myself. I went from a dream to executing a vision and move through the strategies and all the obstacles. And here I am. And it's really, really vulnerable, right? Because Brene Brown will call it foreboding joy. We're afraid if we own, like, this is amazing. Like, look at me achieve this. We're afraid of when's the other shoe going to drop? Or if I acknowledge this, something bad will then happen. Well, here's the thing. Bad things do happen in our life. That is part of the human experience, right? And it's not about making yourself not have bad experiences. I mean, yes, we want to mitigate risk, but it's about really embracing the good things so that we can fill ourselves up with that. So part of our identity is that, hey, I am somebody that can achieve the things that I desire, right? I am somebody that can create the life that I would like to have within the constraints of my given life, right? Within the constraints, you know, when my kids were young, there were certain constraints that I deliberately chose. I deliberately chose not to travel a lot because I felt it was really important for one of the parents to be at home. And I had an understanding that my husband was traveling a lot then. Now I do travel a lot. I am traveling so much. It's really just amazes me how much I'm getting on planes, especially for a woman who used to have a story of, I hate to travel, right? I'm traveling quite a bit and I'm really, really enjoying that aspect of it. So there were constraints that I had at that time and they were a choice. And if it was something that I really wanted to do, I could have advocated for that, you know, put that in front of both of us. And then we would have had to figure out how do we make that work in our family. So going back to the celebrating your dreams, 
this is really important. Taking this inventory of, hey, these are the goals that I had. And holy moly, I'm doing it. Oftentimes my clients are worried. They're worried about if they really embrace and say, hey, I did this, right? And really it's in the quietness of their own brain or it's sharing it with me or it's sharing it with people who've earned the right, who aren't going to use it against them, right? Who are the people that are their support systems, but really first getting comfortable with themselves and with me, but they're afraid they're going to be arrogant. And the definition of arrogance is having or revealing an exaggerated sense of one's own importance or abilities. I'm going to repeat that. Having or revealing an exaggerated sense of one's own importance or abilities. When you're accomplishing your dreams, when you're living your dreams and you're going, wow, this was my dream. You know, I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to pass the New York bar. I mean, that was one of my clients who wanted to pass the New York bar. And for a long time, she didn't think it was going to be possible. And she would keep coming to me with, but Corinne, look at all these people that have failed. I go, I understand that. But why are we looking at that? That's not who you are, right? And she was able to pass it on her first go around. And it was an inventory that we took of what are her skill sets, right? And being able to celebrate the fact that she passed the New York bar. She achieved that dream, right? Sometimes it's the achieving of the dream is getting, you know, their U.S. green card or getting citizenship or finding a relationship that supports you, right? Getting the job, the leadership job that you have really desired to do, building the company that you want and being able to say, look, we did this. And my clients are always worried, but what if it doesn't keep going? And I'm like, I understand that. But first we need to fill up in celebrating that you achieved it. Like, look at this. There'll be shit shows. There's going to be bad things, right? So many things that are out of our control. But what we can control is taking inventory and recognizing it within ourselves. And one of the things that works for my clients in the coaching is they come and they rumble here in the space and they start to learn to celebrate it and become comfortable with it and understand that it's not about being arrogant. It's owning their story. And the celebrations may never go out on Instagram. They may never go out on Facebook or LinkedIn, right? It may be an internal celebration that I get the privilege of witnessing. They witness constantly in their own brain and maybe a few select people. It can be really done privately. I know we have this whole social media world It doesn't have to be there. It can be an internal. It's how do we talk with ourselves day in and day out? So this is something that's really important to do in achieving your dreams is one is taking those dreams and turning them into a vision that have strategies and support along the way, right? Becoming comfortable with the obstacles. And this is where a lot of people aren't comfortable. They, an obstacle is like, oh, danger, danger, better not go there right? And I'm always working on getting my clients to like really identify what is the danger and what is maybe not the danger. And then what are the obstacles and how do they overcome it? What can they learn from this? How can they show up? The same thing with sometimes the obstacles, are they falling down moments, right? Or there's falling down quarters or there's shit shows. That's all a part of the journey. And as they go through this, I, as their coach, have a big detector for how we get in our own way with so much self-criticism and self-doubt and the shame that festers and grows and weighs my clients down. So I remind them of how do they talk to themselves? 
because it becomes death by a thousand paper cuts, right? We think, oh, it's innocuous. It's not going to matter. We can just say this stuff of like, oh, of course, you know, bad things always happen to my family. Bad things always happen to me. I can't get what I want. I can't get the interviews. And we say that to ourselves over and over and we're disregarding so many of the achievements that we have done. So many areas that we have achieved our dreams and we're able to do it. And often it's not alone, right? Because there's a lot of support that happens, whether it's from our family of origins, from teammates, from groups that we're working in, right? And I'm talking about like, if you work in an environment where you're part of a team in the workforce, right? There's many people doing the work together and how that helps. Going into an office for some people can be part of the support structure they need to achieve their dreams. But the big thing is, is that we don't criticize ourselves or doubt ourselves. It's owning our story and loving ourselves. That way we can get out of shame and look at, here's what I'm doing well, here's what I'm not, and here's where I can improve, right? To be able to identify that, that's really important. Now, here's the thing, and you may find this upsetting. The promise of once I achieve this dream, (laughs) there will no longer be shit shows, is magical thinking. My friend, the shit shows will always be there. But what may be reduced is you're arguing against reality, not supposed to have shit shows, or that it shouldn't be difficult. One of my clients finally realized because she'd been arguing with herself of the politics in her corporate environment, like that shouldn't be so political, shouldn't be so political. And finally she goes, Corinne, she said this to me last week. She's Corinne. I just realized I was arguing with reality. And that is the death by a thousand paper cuts, thinking it shouldn't be that way versus like, okay, there's a lot of politics. How do I work on solving the problem? How do I work on getting the end result that I want, that the company wants, knowing this? Because here's the thing, the human element is always volatile, right? People bring all of their baggage to work. They may not, they may compartmentalize it for a while, but eventually it shows up, right? And if they don't have the ability to give feedback, if they don't have the ability to have the brave, hard conversations, if they don't have the ability to focus at work because there's stuff going on at home, it shows up and it rip- I've seen it constantly ripple effect within teams at work. So in the Aqua Monsters world, like parenting is hard. I mean, not even Aqua Monsters world. Like I will just flat out say parenting is the hardest thing that I do on a day in, day out basis. I can run a nonprofit. I can run my company. I can work with my clients. We're doing all kinds of stuff. Parenting is the hardest thing that I do. It's so vulnerable right? Here are these humans that we had all these dreams on and how we were going to do our family so much better than the way we grew up with, or maybe as well as how we had it. And now we're in different circumstances. Parenting's hard. And then we have these humans that have basically our hearts in them with their brains and their own way of wanting to do it. And we have these dreams of what it is to have a child or how to have children or a family. And then we have the reality of the day in and day out that is so hard and raw and vulnerable. And we don't know if we're doing it right. Our kids have their own minds, wills, and souls. So a couple weeks ago, I had a kid who was, I think, five, who was refused to get in the water. 
and get in and warm up. And I told the parent, I go, that's okay. You know, and eventually she actually, the, the child got in and she swam, she raced, she big jump off the blocks, raced really hard. Like the competitive streak was real. She's five, totally competitive. And the mom said to me afterwards, well, now that we know that she can do this, we're not going to have this problem next week. There won't be any tears. And I caught that really quickly. And I was like, I don't know if that's going to be the case. I think that might be a bit of magical thinking, but she also did get in and swim and she really enjoyed it. And I think instead of thinking there won't be tears coming in, we need to evaluate afterwards. Did she enjoy the experience? Because my experience of this, those tears coming in is the kid's vulnerability of going into the arena and they may not have the language to put with it. They just know this doesn't feel safe, which is probably feeling vulnerable. There's not necessarily, you know, danger for them, but it's that feeling of vulnerability, which for me often feels the same as fear. And so the mom had magical thinking like, okay, now that she's had success next week, it's going to be better. Well, let's rewind to last weekend. She refused to swim in the morning, refused to get in her swimsuit. And I had another five-year-old who also refused to get in the swimsuit. And now mind you, both of their moms, one mom was a swimmer of mine formerly, and the other mom was one of my husband's former swimmers. So these are both people who had had careers, who are professionals, right? They're successful humans. They've done really well in life. And they're like, why is my kid not swimming? And this isn't their oldest, right? This is their second and third child. And they were really struggling with my kid won't swim. And I'm like, but that's okay. Somebody had some Uno cards. I was like, who wants to play Uno? They don't need to get in and warm up. We played Uno. We worked on connecting. The little girl who's refused to talk to me for the last, she's five. So for the last three years, right? She's won't ever say anything to me. She looks at me and looks away or goes and hugs her mom. She played Uno with me. Then later she saw me. She said, I want to play another game. Then she beat me and she goes, I'm one, I'm done. We now have a relationship and we'll go into next weekend's meet. And chances are she may not want to get in again, but guess what? They both got up and they raced. That is part of what happens. So living the dream sometimes doesn't mean that they're in the promised land. These moms are in the dream. In fact, that they can bring their three kids to the meet. They go by themselves without a spouse, right? This particular weekend, there's living the dream and there are shit shows, right? There's the difficulties that happen. It doesn't mean that they're bad parents. There's just vulnerability with their kids. What we have to do is let go of the magical thinking of, once we accomplish the dream of being able to get the kids there, that they're all going to get in or that because they got in this week, that there won't be any problems next week. We do this to ourselves all the time. So maybe you're not going to swim me, but notice where do you do that in your own life? We do this. I remember when I had some success in college, I thought, okay, now that I've done this, you know, now that I won a national title, the rest of my life is easy street. Like that's the biggest lie right? Yes, I knew how to achieve, but it doesn't mean that now like the rest of the life is paved with gold, right? There's always going to be falling down moments. And I remember as a parent, when I learned how like, okay, this is how we get my daughter to sleep. And then after a while she would change it up, or this is how we do potty training, or this is how we do naps, or this is what she'll eat. And as soon as we got comfortable, it's like she would change and I'd have to pivot, right? That's the reality of life and being able to be Agile means that I have to be resourced so that I can go through that. 
and knowing what are the things that are important, what are the things that are not. It wasn't important for five-year-olds to get in and warm up right now. It'll be important later on in their career, maybe in about 10 years. But at five, it's not that important. And we can play Uno. That was really important. And then eventually they got up and they raced and they did their things and they had fun. And then they got out of their swimsuits and were dressed and they got to play. We have to let go of, now that this has happened, there won't be any problems. Now that I'm in the promised land, now that I've achieved my goals, there won't be any problems. There's always going to be the tension of bittersweet. There's going to be the fantastic things and the difficult things. Like I have a client whose children have gotten married and it was the dream, you know, for their child to have a kind, loving spouse. And then it was also the sadness of this is now changing our family dynamics, right? There's that bittersweetness. There's this great quote by Irma Bombeck that I was reading yesterday about, you know, graduation and I'm going to totally mangle it, but it was kind of like, you now go to this graduation, college graduation, and then this job that you had to do, you're all of a sudden fired and unemployed after 22 years, right? And that's changed a bit nowadays with the parenting that goes on. I would like to be fired in often many ways, right? But there is this change the day in and the day out once they graduate from high school and then they move off to college or move off to jobs or, you know, or have relationships. The level of interaction that we have as parents is different. And also this was the dream we had. So my friend, remember, we can all get into magical thinking. The big thing is embracing that we can achieve our dreams and we can live our dreams and there can be shit shows. And here's the thing. This is in life. This is in business. We often believe that once we hit our dreams, whether it's the C-suite, the dream job, the business revenue, the company acquisition, you know, leaving corporate America, becoming an entrepreneur, building the business that you want, building the team that you want. These are all dreams that my clients have had that we've been able to build and they've been able to achieve. There's that illusion of the promise, then there won't be problems. You can build the team. And then one of the risks are losing a member of that team. There's that vulnerability, right? You can get into the C-suite and then realize the decisions that you have to make and the responsibilities that you have to make are really tremendous. We think it's so great to be the boss until we look at my clients who are sitting there with the decisions that they have to make and the, the liabilities that are on them and the responsibilities. And there's some really cool aspects of it as well. While we are living in the promised land, there are still shit shows. We can, the promised land can be the dream, but remember there's always shit shows. Those shit shows are that we will be vulnerable. And I think that's the illusion of the dream is there will be no more vulnerability. And that's the hidden desire. But here's the thing. And this is, you know, Brene Brown's research has shown this is that the pathway to what we want, whether it's meaningful work, connections, loving connections, being able to have fun, play without numbing ourselves, but really enjoying our life is through vulnerability. That is the pathway. And so being able to have the ability to be vulnerable to create the life we want is what we've got to be able to do. So as you go through and you're in this pursuit of achieving your dreams, my invitation for you today is to stop right now. And if you haven't, go fill out that dinner party form because I'd love to come and meet you. And two is to take inventory of where have you 
already achieved the dreams of your life, whether it's owning the home that you wanted, making your bed, it can be as small as that, right? Having the space that you want that supports you, right? It could be being in relationships. It could be the friends that you want, having people that are safe and that have your back. And maybe it's one person. Maybe achieving the dream is that you talk to yourself much kinder, not blowing smoke, but much kinder, like, wow, look at what I did today. Or wow, look at me take care of myself. Or wow, look at me sit here and look at the trees, right? It doesn't have to be, I'm I'm giving you different examples because I don't want it to be like, rah, rah, I've achieved so much. Look at all the stuff that I've done or how much I've lifted or how much I've moved or how much I've made. We measure so much. But when you achieve your dreams, take inventory. What is it? What is it that you desired? Is it summer and you're like, oh, I just so desire reading a fun book that's so unpurposeful? What is your dream? Take inventory. That is my takeaway for you today to stop and take inventory of where have you achieved your dreams so that you can start to identify as somebody who is able to achieve the dreams. And for those of you who are like, hey, Corinne, I want support. I need support. Guess what? Go and apply for coaching. I've got private coaching. This fall, I'm going to have some group coaching programs going on. So this could be a great time for you to get on board and get some support because one of the things that I'm really great at is helping people integrate this stuff into their life. All right, my friend, I'm smiling big for you. Hey there, before we go, I have a question for you. Have you subscribed to the show yet? This is an awesome opportunity for you to preserve your brain juice. I love the fact that I can subscribe to podcasts and television shows and they go straight to my iPhone or they go straight to my DVR and then I don't have to worry of, oh no, especially with television shows. Did I hit record? Is it going to be there? Or now do I have to watch it on demand and go through all the commercials? So go and hit the subscribe button. There's a link in the show notes and that will ensure you that you never miss a show and you can also save your brain juice for other things in your life. There's way more important things, but you and I will still be connected because the show will be waiting for you in your phone. Go to the link in the show notes, subscribe to the show so you can automatically get all the shows to your phone. On a lake, she is dreaming. She is drifting, never been so wild.